Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. I can totally understand how people just lose their minds. You know, as a therapist and just myself, just a person in this world, I can really just understand how people lose their minds. Because it's like, you know, when we're all in eternity. Um, and I don't think that most of us even think about really what that means. And Paul says, no mind can conceive. But, and I'm just you know, making a point here. I'm not really trying to come to a conclusion because I I don't know if there is a conclusion. But when we're in eternity, we're not going to have any more problems. You know, we're not going to have any more relational difficulties, um, difficulties raising children, you know, all these things. And we're going to be vulnerable and close with one another and our conversations are all going to be about God and and Jesus and I think for most of us if we're really honest that sounds terrifyingly boring and then the other side of it is like heaven is this big just party and it's just all about having fun and the battle is done and we're just celebrating forever with Jesus it's like you know if you apply those two mentalities to here you know, you're either just overly religious or you're, you know, constantly um, trying to focus on God. Or you take the other extreme of, well, this world's such a grind, you know, find fun wherever you can have it and this kind of idea. It's like, that's just depressing and you just become weird. And the whole net effect of everything I'm trying to say is what does it even mean to be human? Like, what is it really that we're missing? Because if we believe that God is as great as we know him to be, and he gave his son to die for us and everything that he did, and he's real and he's genuine, then there must be something that we're missing as people. Like there must be something that there's a connection with God and there's a connect- connection with one another that would guide us in this realm and would be more life-giving and settling to what it means to be human in the next life than we think. And I just wonder if, and it's just for me, and we could just talk about it, but I think the one thing that we overlook with God is just his sincerity. Hmm. Just his internal sincerity. And I don't mean like sincere about this subject or that subject, like sincere about how to run a home or sincerely passionate about this subject of, you know, how to have a perfect marriage and how Mm -hmm. to be a perfect parent, you know, Mm -hmm. 
that he just is sincerity. When you're in his presence, he just is sincerity. And, you know, we sincerely want to do this thing and we sincerely want to do that thing. And we're passionate about this interest and we're passionate about this trip and we're passionate about this circumstance. We're sincerely passionate about this thing, that thing. I think Jesus, when he came into the world, shows that his internal sincerity sort of trumps all of that. You know, we need to overthrow the Romans, Jesus. We need to do this. We need to do that. You know, without sincerity, without internal sincerity, and I'm even differentiating that, I suppose, from morality and integrity and all these other different subjects, like just be a sincere, real person in God with all your flaws, with all your difficulties, with everything and rest in God's sincerity. I mean, and I'm, again, this, I'm just talking here. Isn't that what we're missing? I mean, isn't it without sincerity, you know, with one another, just being real, just being human, even if we have different convictions and these different things and denominational arguments and all these kind of things. Isn't sincerity the thing that just keeps us from losing our minds? I mean, when clients come in and they see me, sometimes I honestly think the only thing I'm really giving them sometimes, because I don't have the answers to anything, is just a a sincere presence. Right. Really. Mm -hmm. And is it possible that if we think about eternity that way, that we're in, in the presence of sincerity itself and we can now be sincere because we're not walking around with facades and masks? Isn't that what's going to make us human? Isn't that what's going to make us have peace? Um, isn't that what cast out all anxiety? Yeah, because it's like all... Yeah, like you said, all facades, all images, all perceptions are gone. You just see things for really what they are. They're not. There's no hiding anymore. There's no shame for who you really are. Um, and to deal with the pain here, I think people, they have to create these distractions around themselves. They have to create these lives, these realities that distract them from really... I mean, I guess there's people out there who don't want to be vulnerable, though. There's people out there who don't... I don't know. Is it? I don't know what that is. The ones that don't want that vulnerability, they don't want that to be honest. They don't really want that deep, meaningful connection. I agree. I mean, if we look at the world, and it's always been this way, but, you know, we just look at the world we're in right now. You have people on the political left, and they're sincerely passionate about X, Y, and Z. You have people on the religious right, and they're sincerely passionate about X, Y, and Z. And that doesn't mean that that person, when you sit down with them and you look them in the eyes, has a sense of internal sincerity whatsoever. Mm-mm. You know, and it is seems like it's a convenient way to avoid vulnerability, like you're saying. It's a convenient way to avoid yourself. It's a convenient way to avoid, I would argue, even God. Mm. 
I mean, what am I to say for Yeah, I think it comes down to that. Actually, now that you said that, a convenient way to avoid God, because God is the one that gives us that those convictions and that he's really the one that the only one that really knows us, that really knows who we are, our sincerity. And do we try to hide from that so we can just do whatever we want? I think so. Get whatever we want. I think so. I mean, was it really, I mean, didn't Jesus, if we think about sincerity itself coming into the world, you know, you have the disciples, again, sincere about a subject, overthrow the Romans. Um, We need to do this, Jesus, we need to do that. And you notice that Jesus never got caught up in that. He always stayed with this internal, internal sincerity um, about the kingdom of God, um, about his father, about his mission. He didn't have that kind of energy that's outside of himself. And for the, you know, the people that are caught up in the world, we could say the prostitutes, you know, the, the sinners, you know, they might be passionate about whatever they're caught up in, or they might be passionate about their trauma, sincerely passionate about their trauma, their problems, um, healing even. You know, Jesus is almost like flat (laughs) in a way Hmm. when it comes to healings and different things. And it just feels to me like God himself is sincerity itself. When people say, you know, man, that God of the Old Testament, I just have such a problem with him. But if you think of internal sincerity, it's like, well, it's complete consistency. Israel, you run after your own things, you know, you don't really want me. You don't follow my ways. Israel is supposed to be a lamp unto the world. I hear the Father's internal sincerity. I, I, I hear his hurt. I, I hear what he's saying, you know, it's like what Jesus said to Martha. It's like, Martha, you fuss and fret about all these things. Again, you're sincere about these subjects like serving others and having a clean home and um, whatever, you know. And I'm not saying they're necessarily bad things that people get sincerely passionate about. But God the Father is sincerity. When you look him in the eyes, that's what you would feel. When you look Jesus in the eyes, you just feel his sincerity, the Holy Spirit. It's what makes us human. It's what makes us not lose our mind. If we think of eternity as living in a world of internal sincerity with our God, our maker, and with one another, and all these fussing and fretting things that we go about obsessing about, even maybe sincerely, they fade away, they're gone. Is that really, if you meditate on that for a second, would that be boring? Or would that be heaven? To meditate on the things of that will last, you mean? Not on the things. To meditate on what it would be like to be in a world where the whole atmosphere of the place is sincerity. Hmm. Internal sincerity. That when you walk down the street and you look somebody in the eyes, you can feel their sincerity they can feel yours. You have the sincere, you know, I mean, connection. To feel that, I, to feel that to me, I would think you'd have to be in a place where you don't feel like you need to hide 
And I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to hide who they are. And, like, you can't be sincere. Like, you can't show your sincerity if there's something in you that feels like you have to hide. And right. feels like you have to. I mean, I can imagine what that would be like. I mean, even when I think about, you know, the parent-child relationship, you know, whether I take it from the angle of being a child, you know, growing up, or I think about it as being a dad... Like, for me, all I was looking for, I didn't, you know, maybe you didn't have this way of thinking of it, but all I was looking for is a sincere connection with my parents. And again, I mean it very specifically that I could feel their internal sincerity as a person and they could know mine and we could connect that way. That's all I was looking for. That's to me what would settle me down. That's what attachment's all about. You know, as a dad, you know, I've always just made it my goal just to know my children and that they would know me, that they would sense whether they agree with different decisions I make or whatever, that they know I operate from an internal sense of conviction and sincerity. I want to have that connection with them. That's what I want them to be all about. It just feels like where it goes so wrong is where just to use the parent-child dynamic as an example to our relationship with God, is if the parent just has this agenda for their kids, you know? And again, I'm going to use sincerity in a a different way here that's not coming from within them. It's they have this sincere whatever to do this thing, to do that thing, to go here, to go there. You know, I need you to take piano lessons, whatever, you know? I have this sincere agenda, and I think it's misguided it's you know you could say whatever you want i just want to invest in my kids it's like well it just really comes off as you want to show yourself that you're just an amazing parent whatever that means that feels like your sincere conviction instead of an an internal sincerity that would connect with them Hmm. and children you know become adolescents and you know, their sincerity about this thing comes in you know i want to be this i want to do that i need to do this i need to do that and they start you know, kind of moving outside themselves. Hmm. You know, don't we do the same thing with God? I mean, what I love about God, the perfect parent, is like, hey, child, you can do that all you want. You can get worked up about this subject, that subject, this thing, that thing. Who's going to be the greatest? You know, um, we need to do this. We need to overthrow these people. You know, we need to bring back good Christian values. Whatever. And to me, what I love going into the Holy Holies, into God's presence, is he's above all that. His internal sincerity is greater than any subject whatsoever. In fact, I picture going in, you know, and going on about some subject with God and him just kind of staring at me a bit like, my gosh, Jeff, (laughs) calm down. It's an obsession. What's that? It's just an obsession. Yeah. And it's a distraction. I just see him saying, Jeff, man, you know, you're fussing or fretting about so many things. Just look me in the eyes. Find the, the good portion that Mary found. Find me. And if we don't look at Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father, they're one, as sincerity itself, what hope does this world have? And I, again, I know he's way more than this, you know, like I'm putting this, it's just a very specific thing. If the listener's like, well, you know, don't do that, you know, 
Yeah, he died for our sins. I'm not taking anything away from that. He, he, all of the things that we know. I'm not, I'm just focusing on one thing though here. Because all of those things, even dying for us and dying on the cross and being our atonement sacrifice and so that the, the veil can be torn and we can come back to the Father's holy presence, all of that has to do with God's love and God's sincerity, who he is, what he's about. That so settles me down. It so gives me a reason to hope, to get through this crazy world with all these crazy, sincere passions, some well-meaning, some misguided, and to think of living in a, in a world, in a realm where there is no possibility of insincerity. Adam and Eve are living in this bliss and they have this sincere connection with one another from the inside out. They have that with God. And then look at Satan come up with his false sincerity, right? Hath the Father said. This, quote, sincerity that's about a subject. And don't you know if you eat of this, your eyes could be opened. See, that's a false sincerity. The devil did that from the beginning. They lived in bliss in this thing called internal sincerity, and that's where we're going back to. And then this subject comes up, hath the father said, you know, no, you surely won't die. But what separates us from, like, did someone have an, an eternal sincerity and not be a believer? You know, they're just deeply connected with themselves and they're looking for that deep knowing connection with another person. Right. I mean, I'm just going to say it this way. Cause I mean, if we try to put a sincere human an internally sincere human on some kind of continuum and then compare, I think we've got a false foundation because I don't think there is such thing as a sincere human being. Like I, I can't hang on to any internal sincerity myself without being connected to my God. That is the truth. I have an agenda here. I have an agenda there. I get sincerely worked up about this subject, sincerely worked up about that, you know. The only thing that brings me back to what I would call a true internal and maybe even eternal sincerity is God himself. I mean, it's such a fine line. Even as a believer, we know this, like, Oh, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to do my devotionals. And let's say it's not even an anxious striving. It's just like this conviction. I got to get back to my devotionals. I got to get back to reading my Bible. I got to get back to this. I got to get back to that. And I'm not making fun of it. I do this. What I'm saying is how, how, what's my guide? What, what's, what's my North star? Like, how do I even know what internal sincerity is unless I commune with God? Unless the Holy Spirit's abiding in me, which is sincerity itself, how would I even know? I, you know, like it's not like a lot of what our sincere convictions are about are bad things necessarily. How would I even know? So I would argue on the level I'm talking about it here, that sincerity, I'm almost using like wisdom that stands outside of Ecclesiastes and the vanity and the meaninglessness of it all that's described in Ecclesiastes. That wisdom, sincerity, truth, it's this eternal thing that is in God alone. And unless you slow down and commune with that, I don't think it's possible 
for a human being in the sense I'm saying it here, psychologically, spiritually, because we're all liars. Even with our best effort, like all we would end up doing is comparing my internal sincerity to somebody else's. So to your question, and I wonder that, like, man, I could say these unbelievers seem way more internally sincere than these people over here who believe in Jesus. I mean, I would say that on the human level, but I don't think it means much. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's, because there's always this religion. All you do is you find out, oh, wow, they're really, you know, obsessive about this subject or that subject. I mean, sooner or later you find their, quote, religion, what they're right. sincere about. It's just maybe in a different form. Maybe it's not as weird sounding because they're not as psychologically weird sounding, but I don't know what that's worth. To be in this world and not of it, I would say that you, like Jesus Christ, would be, you know, the light came into the world, the darkness didn't recognize the light. So I'm going to rephrase this. Sincerity itself came into the world, and insincerity did not recognize sincerity. Hmm. Now, I'm sincerely a sinner. I'm sincerely kind of insane. I'm sincerely this. I'm sincerely that. And I mean that internally. I know who I am, good and bad. I don't have any illusions about myself. And my only hope is when I look into my Savior's eyes and his sincere love for me and his sincere mercy for me is my only hope. You know, when the father says um, David's a man after God's own heart, I think he's talking about David's sincerity. You know, David had problems. David did these things. David did those things. But his heart sincerely pursued the sincere heart of the Father, I would say. Moses, the prophets, they have this closeness, they have this understanding, and they have problems, and they're kind of odd, and you know. But they know who the Father is all about. I think when Enoch walked with God, I think that's what the walk was. I think Enoch had this internal sincerity that walked with the Father's internal sincerity. And then that walk is so wed together in sincerity itself that God's like, just kind of come up here because this is what eternity is. Walking with God and others in complete sincerity, like in the beginning. And that's why you can, when you sincerely repent, and you say, I am a sinner, and you, you, know, you beat your chest, and you're like, Lord, what am I going to do with myself? What are you going to do with me? Like, what hope do I have? You do that in sincerity, not poor me. I think it's that sincerity itself. You know, Paul says, wretched man I am. That's repentance. Wretched man I am. Like, what am I going to do? You see the end of yourself. You see the end of you yourself. You see how you are incapable, and you have limitations. That's right. You see your need for him in your life. There's nothing theological about that. Unless you turn around and become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Um, Father, thank you for making the gospel easy for even infants to understand. Like, what does that mean? I mean, if you look at a child, I don't think we could read that and say, oh, you know, children are like especially moral. Are they? <laughs> I don't think that's what it's talking about when it says unless you turn around. They're sincere. 
they're sincere. They have this internal sincerity about them. Like, what, what is your daughter? What was she just talking to you about the last few days? Talk about internal sincerity. Mm-hmm. Of her own, right? You've been sharing this with me. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was she saying? Talk about internal sincerity. What was she saying? Well, I mean, she was saying a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know which part you're actually thinking of. Well, just, I guess, convey this, her internal sincerity. All, I mean, she just showed that all she was, like, thinking about was, she asked me if Jesus was in her heart and if it was in the heart of, like, her cousin, if he was in the heart of her cousin, and if she was going to be with him forever, and asking me when he's going to, when he's going to come back, and it's taken a long time, and her questions weren't about herself, like, do I love Jesus, or um, what do I have to do, or what do I have to be? It's like the questions she was asking, they were, she didn't even know what she was mm. asking. She didn't know like how profound mm. her questions were. It's like she just wanted to understand the depth of the dynamic between her and Jesus mm-hmm. and how it all works. Yeah. You know, and she's three years old. She's three years old. Yeah. Look at the internal sincerity. There's no agenda. Mm-mm. There's no. Yeah, just look at the questions a child mm-hmm. asks. I mean, there, there's no hiding. There's, they just say it as it is. That's there's right. no filter on them. No. And are we really going to say that a three-year-old, a four-year-old is like, we think of those as like a morally upright Yeah, or they, if they understand theological terms right. or how to explain things. Do we think of children as not being sinful? You know, like... The sincerity of a child, and of course we need discipline, and of course we need to grow, but... Well, and she's, she's just picking up on what I've talked with her about. Right. Um, not even like reading the Bible together. I mean, we do that and we pray, but mm-hmm. like she just asks questions mm-hmm. because there's something in her, in her heart that wants to understand. That's right. Wants to learn yeah. and like sees that. And they're she very, needs that. yeah. And this question is a very similar question that she would ask about you. Mm-hmm. You know, mommy, why do you love me so much? But why do you love me? Um, what does it feel like in your heart when you love me? Mm-hmm. Um, when are you going to be home? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? The, it's basically the exact same questions mm-hmm. that she's asking about Jesus. See, well, she, and she, she another thing she asked me was. Ma, she said, I love Jesus. Mama, do you love Jesus? And because she knows that by loving him, she gets to be with him forever. And she's mm-hmm. like, I want you to be with him forever, too. <laughs> love your neighbor is yeah. he's loved you, right? Right. See, that internal sincerity that is in children is what God's all about. You know, we get sincerely preoccupied with our standing with God? Are we pleasing God? Are we glorifying God and all these kind of things? 
you know, here, your daughter would just take an example. I, I mean, if you said, if she said, mommy, do you feel like I glorify God? <laughs> Could you imagine that question even coming out of her? No. And I was thinking about like Jesus's interactions with people in the Bible and like with the woman at the well or how he's not looking for them to like have the right answer or like he's not looking for them to like have the right question. But if they would just humble their hearts, humble themselves and come to him, that's like all that that's all that he needs to like work with us. That's know? right. Like he just needs a humble heart and a desire to learn. And I mean, that's what a child is. A child's not trying to prove something or like Mm-mm. pretend like they're the expert. You know, they have this innocence, this humbleness that they just like want to soak everything up and want to learn. That's right. And that's what I'm going to call internal sincerity, because when you're in a child's presence, you feel their focus, you feel their vulnerability, you feel their innocence, you feel that ready to connect to attach and even if even if an unbeliever even if you're having a conversation with an unbeliever and they display this humbleness and this desire to learn you're like god can use that god can work with that Mm -hmm. i mean nothing is going to stop the plans of god but Mm -hmm. if we harden our hearts if there's a hardness Mm -hmm. of heart that's something that he like he's not gonna I mean, he can soften our hearts, mm-hmm. but we have to have that desire. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go back to where I'm four or five, whatever, I think I have to really stop and ask myself, you know, Jeff, what kind of kid were you? What kind of kid do you want to be? You know, do you want to be that little know-it-all kid, that little teacher's pet that kind of always has the answers and is always pleasing the teacher? I mean, in my opinion, that kid's really annoying. <laughs> do you want to be that kid that's just all about himself or herself and just running around and causing trouble and, you know, distracting things and stealing the kickball and running off with it? you want to be that kid? Because that kid's really annoying. Or you just want to be that little humble kid that just kind of walks around, minds their own business, doesn't act like they know it all, isn't all preachy and annoying, um, you know, has real feelings and real reactions, but connects meaningfully with others and just wants to swing on a swing set with somebody and just have a real conversation. You know, back to the day when we weren't so neurotic about being male or female, you know, Life really is as easy as just an elementary school playground, you know, just be who you are uh, when you were four or five. Hopefully you were the kind of kid that, you know, just wanted to be known. You weren't that kind of like teacher's pet kind of kid. Because to me, these teacher pets that say that's what religion's all about, I just say to them, wow, you really don't understand that teacher, the teacher. I mean... That might be true of the people that you listen to and, 
you know, that, that might be true of that teacher, that they kind of want to be worshipped and they kind of love their teacher pets and all this kind of thing. That might be true of them. But that is not true of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never gravitated to the teacher pet that always had the right answer or anything like that. In fact, I would say he kind of rebuked it. That's not who Jesus is. His internal sincerity is always right there. And we need to ask of any student or any child is just approach me with that same internal sincerity. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.